With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Justin, my man, what is going on? What's good in your hood this fine Sunday evening? It has been way too long, my friend. We had Sarah Spain (laughs) on the last podcast, which was great. A lot of insight. We don't have a guest for today, but we do have lots to talk about, including your boy, Saul. Luka Doncic scoring 42 points. Why has he got to be my boy? Because of this, come on, man. <laughs> Three other teams passed him up, and one team traded him to True. another team. So, hey, come on. It's not just all us. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time of the draft, it was a 50-50 split into who you should pick. It can't help it that everybody all of a sudden is a genius and said, oh, I've been calling for Luka Doncic this whole time. You know how many European players have come into the league and just – Completely flopped. Like, come on, man. Darko Milicic. Come on, man. I want to hear that mess. It happens all the time. But this man scored 42 points. Youngest player in NBA history to record a 42-point triple-double. Hey, man. And it's on on Kobe Bryant's 42nd birthday, my friend. Hey, man. We're going to get to it, man. Just let us run the intro, man. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool. It's just part of the program. Bitch, you best 16 if you must. You're not whack. You just sound whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool. It's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack. You just sound whack rapping after us. Like I'm my sorry. Man Justin, I, like, I like my man Justin already talked about. We might as well get into the main reason why apparently we're all here today. I didn't realize it was going to be like this, but... Uh, I mean, hell, it's it's your man, it's your boy, Mr. Luka Doncic in the house, uh, representing. And I mean, with the game on the line, one point ball game, Saul. You know who is going to take that last shot. You I know mean, who's going to be the guy to take that last shot in that situation. Porzingis is out, dude. so there's only one person on the court for the Mavericks that's going to be able to take that last shot. And of course, it's Luka, ice in his veins. Well I mean, why is Reggie Jackson even out there guarding him? That is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. It, it makes me so absurdly upset that Reggie Jackson was getting <laughs> torched down the stretch, getting bodied down low in the post off of spin moves. Like, Doc, get somebody to help my man out. It ain't him. It ain't him. Like, Kawhi and PG, like, First of all, you know, I've seen that screen a million times from the baseline through the top of the key where Luca gets it and he kind of sets everything up. And still, and still, we didn't have at least Paul George or Kawhi covering the big that sets the screen. So at least if there was a switch, somebody could guard Luca that was a little bit more reputable than, I don't know, Reggie Mother effing Jackson. Like, come on, man. Come on, Doc. The Bobby Schmurda doppelganger did not do a great job on that final defensive possession. And this is why the absence of Patrick Beverly is huge for the LA Clippers. I go back, I go back to the season opener when the Clippers played the Lakers. And it was highly anticipated. The the Lakers obviously with the addition of AD, it was expected to be a big night. 
And on the other side, you had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It was huge. But guess who made a key defensive stop late in the game? It was Patrick Beverly blocking LeBron James. So he is a viable piece for what they do in late-game situations, especially defensively. So they had Reggie Jackson in the game. But Saul, I am just so confused as to why in that situation you don't have Kawhi Leonard on Luka Doncic. And and this is why I say this. And my, my, my older brother and I, Josh, we were actually talking about this earlier when Montrez Harrell and Luka had that moment before the game. As we all know, Montrez Harrell said something to Luka that caused um, a little bit of some controversy. Well, on- yeah, he called him a, a BS a, white boy, a punk ass white boy. And it was yeah. Well, you didn't say punk, but yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. But go ahead. We'll get but, into that in a second. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But they uh, met at half court. Montrez Harrell acknowledged him, gave his respect, and said, "Listen, man, I, I didn't mean what I said." And Luca respected it. He wasn't offended by it. But you see Montrez Harrell, Luca Doncic, and they're almost eye to eye. And Montrez Harrell is a power forward slash center in the NBA. The fact that Luka Doncic is almost right there at eye to eye still has some some body mass to him. Like Luka is a pretty big guy, and you have Reggie Jackson, your backup point guard, guarding him in that situation when Doc Rivers knew exactly who was going to get the ball. In that case, you got to put Kawhi Leonard, who's a bona fide All Star, who is a two time Finals MVP, who's been considered probably the best perimeter defender in the NBA. You also have Paul George, who's another elite defender on your team all year long. We've heard about this team and how they can stop players, how they can stop all your stars from scoring. What happened in that late game situation? You had Reggie Jackson on Luca. So I, I think this was doc rivers and him falling apart in a late game situation. And I love Doc Rivers. He's won a championship in the NBA. I think Doc Rivers is a great coach, but just in that situation, definitely a head scratcher by him. Dude, first of all, Kawhi was guarding Luka to start out, but then they set a screen. Again, a half You got to fight screen. through that. You, you, you got to fight, fight through, that. through that. There's no there's no excuses, Kawhi. You got to fight through that. Yo, I don't I don't even understand the switch at all. It was like Kawhi just was like, "Ah, right, you got it." It, you know what it is? It's like I was too tired in pickup and pickup ball, and I don't really want to work my way across the screen, so I just yell switch. Oh, I'm sorry. The switch just happens to be against the best player that's probably on the court today, and he's going to torch little man who who can't even freaking – if he jumps, he still's not going to even come close to touching that ball or blocking it. I mean, come on. And just a few possessions before that, Kawhi, or maybe it was Paul George, I can't remember which one, had blocked Luca's shot or affected it so much that he airballed a three. Like, dude, what are we doing? Uh, yeah. the, the Clips, man, they just they fell apart. Now, I will say this. I'm not too worried about them. I still think they're going to pull it out and win the series. But, hey, man, that Luca train is rolling. And you definitely didn't want to see that Luca train rolling whatsoever. It's, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 I will say this too. Let's 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 go back to this whole Montrez Harrell thing. First of all, he's dead ass wrong, completely wrong, for what he said and how he said it. Like I understand. Like, trust me, I've been in gyms where uh, you know black dudes have called other black dudes the n word. I've been in gyms where you know that phrase was used a couple times to what whoever. Like, but that was like 
I'm not going to make an excuse for it. It's wrong no matter what time of the year or what decade you live in. However, there's a certain culture in some of these gyms where people just talk trash. Now, being woke and how everything has been going on of late, and especially the NBA theme and everybody wearing the, you know, the the social injustice stuff and equality stuff on the back of their jersey, and you have my man Luca, who's not even from America, uh, you know, just balling, and because he's busting your ass, you gotta you gotta say something when you score like that. Yo, uh, uh-uh, uh, miss me with that mess because yeah. that's the wrong message, especially at a time where everything is so heightened and sensitive at this point. Like you can't do that. He should get suspended because if it was if Luca had turned around, but like said the same thing, yes, to that degree, I completely agree. People will be losing their minds over this. However, it was a little bit of a role reversal. It was a little bit different, and it's a slippery slope. You can't have it both ways. You can't you can't preach injustice and equality and then turn around and call people names because of the color of their skin. Like, yeah. come on, man, what are we doing? Yeah, like the mantras, Harold, man. Like, I, I appreciate the fact that they they got to half court and you, sometimes you say some stuff in the heat of battle. I get it. This is just this is completely uncalled for. Nah, nix it, mm-hmm. nix it. And if Luca, like it, like you said, Saul, if you reversed the that situation, but it was Luca calling Montrez Harold name based on the color of his skin. It would be talked about on CNN. It'd be talked about everywhere oh, in yeah. the United States. For sure. It, it'd, be, it'd be everywhere. They'd be asking LeBron James, hey, so what did you think about Luca and his comments towards Montrez Harrell? I, I guarantee that nobody's asking and, and this LeBron James, hey, and, did you hear Montrez Harrell call Luka Doncic a white boy? And this isn't this isn't a case of you and I saying like, you know, black lives matter. Oh, wait, all lives matter. It's not like one of those situations. No. We're just saying like, you know, we, we're calling a spade what it is. A spade is a spade. And this dude just straight up went at him and said that. And you know you can't say that. that yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. And it doesn't matter who's saying who to what. They're both wrong. Yeah. So anyway, moving yeah. along, we got to talk about the, the the Eastern Conference and how it looks like the Raptors and Celtics, they well, they are going to meet because they both swept their opponents. The 76ers, they might as well just kept their ass in freaking Philly and not even shown up to the bubble. I don't even know what the hell they were doing here. Uh, Joel Embiid might be the most overrated player in the league right now. Oh. Yes. I said it. I said it. Oh, my man, what are we doing when you lose Jimmy Butler the year before? And man, and then Ben Simmons. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's he's hurt. And he, and he adds a lot to that team. But man, you get worked by the Celtics that bad, that fast. Yeah. The drop off can't be that that significant for one player. It just can't. Yeah. You know, Joel Embiid, I, I still think is a is a great center and i still think he can be <laughs> a star in this league as uh, Rock, robbie rocky horror comments the hot takes baby right, i know baby. it's tall sizzling today <laughs> but you couldn't even get one game out of the series and i keep hearing about ben simmons you know being the scapegoat oh well if they had ben simmons it might have been a different series ben simmons is a great player but this is all the same this is still the same 76ers team that gave Tobias Harris and Al Horford, a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. These are the kind of guys that the Sixers are paying 
top dollar for. And they and ain't I, getting anything from those guys. And and there is zero production. Tobi you might get a good game out of Tobias Harris, maybe one every three or four games, but for how much you're paying him money, it just ain't worth it. And like I feel like we've had this conversation for the last like five or six years. Like, is Tobias Harris good? Is he a, a decent NBA player? I mean, I know he had a, a, pr a pretty good stint uh, with the Orlando Magic, but it just seems like this man has always been mentioned in trade talks or, you know, getting a, a new deal done. He just always seems to be that guy where you're not really sure if he's good or not. But these are the guys that the Sixers are paying money for. And this is why, once again, they find themselves twiddling the thumbs because they lost to the Boston Celtics in the NBA playoffs. And I just don't see any chance that Brett Brown comes back and coaches this team. Justin. How many times have you eaten fast food in your lifetime? A gajillion, oh, right? Fuck. Same here. I mean, look at this body. Body made by fast food, right? <laughs> I was going to say but, last but, night. But how, and how many times have you gone to to get some fast food and you're like, I want this, this, and this, and you and you don't even open the bag and you get home and you paid your money and you open it up and maybe they left out a burger or they they left out like some sauce. It's usually the sauce that really, really gets me, especially if I go to Chick Fil A. Like, I want my damn sauce, right? Yeah. Um, and, and like yeah. that feeling. That feeling of emptiness because you paid for something and you didn't get it. That's what Philadelphia is currently experiencing right now. They paid this money for this mythical player that they thought they were going to get in Tobias Harris. And this dude ain't giving them nothing but a drumstick and a wing. That it, that's it. That's <laughs> it. They ain't giving them any, he ain't giving them anything else. 13.2. Like, are you for real? 13.2? Yeah. Like, get out of here, Tobias Harris. Man, go back to where you came from, man. Cause that ain't this ain't it. And those and, and he's lucky they ain't playing in Philly right now because yeah. those fans would have also him Al Horford up. too. Yeah, but Al Horford, I, first of all, oh, absolutely. why they gave that that man that much money is ridiculous. He's supposed to be like this difference maker and kind of a you know kind of a chemistry kind of guy, and you know he can do a little bit of the dirty work. That man looks like he's eighty years old playing old man ball and can't even get the rock. Like, yeah. yo, I played against this. We had this dude at the gym at Kiwanis in Tempe. Like every single Thursday he'd show up. Dude was like 60, hobbling up and down the court. And you just knew, like, I don't want, I don't want this dude on my team. And and sometimes like you would drop the ball off to him and he gives you a bucket. You're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, good, 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 good job, buddy. But you did not want him on your team. Chemistry-wise, though, you knew most of the time if you passed him the ball, he was gonna pass it to you back. That's what Al Horford is. He's that dude that hey, just stand on the perimeter. When I pass you the ball and I make that cut, give me the rock back, and we're good. Man, Tobias Harris, Al Horford. I'm glad you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, and, and the Philadelphia 76ers is, is it's going to blow up. It, we we've been talking about blow Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons for the last three years. We've been talking about the Sixers as possibly being a title contender, and it just hasn't worked out. And and this is why I truly believe you're going to see a big time trade before the NBA draft. One of for those who? lottery for teams. For who? I, Nobody's I trading for either one of those two bums. Not right now, they ain't. Nobody's they, trading for Ben Simmons? Their too insanely high, and you're not going to get return on investment. Kelly Oubre is making $30 million for, uh, on a two-year deal. Kelly Oubre is worth more value than Tobias Harris or Al Horford right now, and those dudes make twice as much money as Kelly Oubre does. Like, that's not happening. It's not happening. Not even come close. 
Justin's mic went out. He's probably trying to cancel his own show right now. I don't know what's going on with my man, Justin. His mic is gone. He completely pulled the plug. I'm going to take this home, I guess. Sorry. I, I accidentally- Oh, there he is. There he is. How convenient <laughs> that you pulled the plug. <laughs> Your takes were just so hot. It just blew up my computer. <laughs> Listen. Oh, man. Appreciate 70- you, Tyler Norris. Appreciate you. Looking hot. <laughs> the takes. It's it's all the takes. It must be the jersey. It must be the jersey. It must be the jersey. <laughs> but right, anyways, man. Al Horford, Tobias Harris. I, I listen. I'm not saying that nobody's gonna trade for them, but I'm saying Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I think one of them is gonna be out of there. By Joel Embiid. You think I they're think gonna trade Embiid? Ben Simmons. They're going to keep Joel Embiid. Oh, Ben Simmons is easily tradable. And and they can trade Ben Simmons to a team like, I don't you know. Better, you better trade him to a team like, oh, I don't know, Dallas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you can't you can't rely on him as a shooter, so you need four shooters around him. And with, <laughs> with my man Luca and then Porzingis, ooh. ooh. And the Curry. And Yo. the Curry brother, Seth. And you got Hardaway in the corner, like, ooh, ooh. It's a pretty good team. And Mark Cuban would be the type of owner to trade for a Ben Simmons. But I'm telling you, keep an, keep your eye on just one of those teams high in the draft lottery. Maybe a... Spit it out, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say the Golden State Warriors. I couldn't, I couldn't oh, do that. No, no. No, they, 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 don't, need, they don't need him anyway. Because that would be nice. That because would be you, nice. Because you can't. Because Ben Simmons is still classified as a point guard, and with Steph, it just it, it just wouldn't necessarily work. Yeah, but, but sure Steph, but Steph the doesn't need the Warriors ball. would rather have Ben Simmons than Draymond Green in that front court. For real. For exactly. real. Exactly. And when and when Steph is gone <laughs> off the court, install Ben Simmons as your point forward. I mean, I mean hey, it, I would. It could I wouldn't work. hate that. Hey, it could hey, work. Iggy used to do that for the Warriors too. He used to bring the ball up and set up the offense and let Clay and and, and Curry move off the ball. However, the problem is, is I don't think the Warriors could afford Ben Simmons right now. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, anyway, we'll see. anyway. Hey, who you got? Raptors, Celtics, and the Heat. If all three of those and the Bucks, who you got out of that four making it out? Um, out of the four, um, I really like. The Miami Heat, I really think they can pull off the upset. Against, I really, against, against the Bucks. Against the Bucks, I do. And then against the Raptors or the Celtics? I got Boston beating the Raptors in, in a tight series. Because the Raptors, hey, give credit to Nick Nurse. And he deserves to be coach of the year. Because you lose Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers. And you're still a top two seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. That, that, is, that is amazing coaching, but what he did was he added pieces that are all defensive-minded, just really scrappy guys. And if you notice how they play <laughs> in the bubble. Sure are, Dwayne. Choke just, City, baby. <laughs> I'm talking about the Sixers right now. <laughs> but the Raptors are, are really scrappy. They're really tough. You know, I've actually grown to love Kyle Lowry's game because – he plays like that guy that you never want to play pickup with. The guy that's always taking charging fouls. The dude that's always cheating. Throwing himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the guy. Travel. Like, dude, I took two steps. You can't. No, nah, man. That was three steps, man. And then and then they then they try to show you exactly what you did. And then they show you the exact way you did it. And it is not a travel. And they still think it's a travel. Like, get out of here, man. 
<laughs> get out of here. But you got Teddy Gilman saying Celtics have a starting five where any one of them can go off for 20 or 25 a night, minus maybe Tice. True. Daniel Tice, he looks like a diet Chris Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> a diet Birdman. Diet every time. Bird. Every time I look at him, I just think of of Birdman with with all of his tasks. But no, he's a really great player uh, for the Celtics, and you know Brad Stevens, another great coach in the league. The way they have looked in the playoffs and in the bubble, I really like the Boston Celtics. So you know what, and and I could be saying this because deep down in my heart, I know the Milwaukee Bucks are probably going to get out of the Eastern Conference, but I would love to see an Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. See Jimmy Butler and all those guys going against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Also Bam Adebayo with the Miami Heat as well. And I give credit to the surrounding pieces with the Miami Heat. They're built for this environment. Duncan Robinson, who's the sniper from beyond the arc, he played at a D3 school and has played in the G League his entire career up until this point. You think he's made to play in empty gyms? Hell yeah. You think Jimmy Butler is made to play in empty gyms? Hey, so Pat Riley kind of knows what he's doing over there, huh? So I like the Heat. I really All do. Right. And I okay. and I have them pulling off the upset against the Bucks. I do not. Um, I like the Bucks to come all the way out. But, you know, hey, we, we got plenty of time to talk about that. Right now, the Nuggets and the Jazz, I don't know if you got a score or not, but Nuggets and Jazz are rolling right now. It's a, a pretty tight game. Last time I looked, it was a one-point game. So uh, we'll see. I'm sure Justin will give us the update on that here in a second. 109-105, Utah. Oh, how many? How much time is left? Five minutes left. Okay, plenty of game. time. Plenty of time. Nuggets need to win this game. If they don't win this game, that might be a wrap for them. So yeah. uh, we'll see. But uh, today is the, uh, of course, as my man's jersey says, it is. Uh, it is Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant's birthday, or would have been his forty-second birthday. Uh, 40, 42 years old, he would have been today. Justin, that's only two years older than than I am, and and honestly, Man. he's only a year older than I am because my birthday here is in about a week or two. So, um, it's it still hurts, you know. It still hurts, you know it that does. that that guy that that Kobe's gone, and I, I know you know obviously he has a special place in your heart because you're a Lakers fan. But even myself as a as an avid basketball fan, like I really appreciate what Kobe Bryant brought to the table. I still do. I really loved what I was seeing from him post career, and uh, you know I just hope that. You know, as as we move forward, we never let go of of what he meant to so many people. Um, excuse me, and and I don't think we will. I don't think we will because you know, I can't remember how many times like it comes up, and I'm just like, nah, I can't even talk about that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really difficult to process the fact that Kobe Bryant is still gone. And Saul, you were actually the one who told me about Kobe Bryant passing. And it was just a weird afternoon in, in January. On January 26th, I'll never forget, you know, getting the phone call. I, I kind of woke up late, so it, that whole day was just really funky to you me. You were the first person I thought of. And You were the first it, person I thought of. And, and you called me. And I had no idea because I hadn't checked my phone in like 10, 15 minutes. And, you know, once the TMZ story came out, it just spread like a wildfire. And I... When you told me, I, I thought, no. I mean, he, he might have gotten into a helicopter crash, but, I mean, he's he's surviving. Like, Kobe Bryant, out of all people in this world, he is capable of surviving a helicopter <laughs> crash. 
there's, I, I, you know, you just thought that, or at least I did, you know, he's going to, you know, come up from just the, the, the ash and everything around and just stand up like a superhero. But I, I will say this in those final moments with his daughter, Gianna, he was a superhero because that was the most horrific thing his daughter has ever experienced. And he wanted her to feel protected and grabbed her and held on to her right before their, their moments passed and their final moments passed. And it's just, it's really sad, man. And, you know, Kobe Bryant was an adopted child in LA. He's from Philadelphia, but he is Los Angeles. He spent his whole career as a Los Angeles Laker. And when I say he has a special place in my heart, he really does because my family is very divided when it comes to sports. But when it comes to basketball, when it comes to the NBA, we are diehard Lakers fans. And those are just some of the best memories I will ever have. You know, listening to my father, who is no longer here, you know, yell at the TV, telling Kobe to pass the damn ball um, or, you know, whistling because the Lakers, you know, go on a run led by Kobe. You know, those are just great memories that I'll never have or that I'll always have. And I'll, I'll never forget. And, you know, Kobe will always have a special place in my heart because of where I was um, after my freshman year. You know, I was facing academic probation at the U of A if I didn't get my shit together. And so I was, you know, really looking for any source of motivation. What are you laughing at, Saul? <laughs> I'm sorry. What are I'm you laughing sorry. at? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you had this like, this like, oh man, this, you know, this guy has such an impact. And then you're like, so I wasn't doing my shit in school. <laughs> well, I, 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 I messed up big time at my ahead, second semester, my second semester freshman year at the U of A. I was facing academic probation. So that's when I really just kicked it up a notch, started joining more clubs, getting more active uh, with my career. And I owe a lot to Kobe Bryant because if it wasn't for his relentless work ethic and that Mamba mentality, I don't know. I don't know where I'd be at, honestly. And that's why I decorated my cap. His famous, one of his many famous uh, catchphrases, friends come and go, but banners hang forever. I said banners come and go, but diplomas hang forever. You got to be able to get the job done, hang something that you are so proud of. Because at the end of the day, looking at that after all the blood, sweat, and tears that you shed, it's all going to be worth it. And yeah, so like you said, you know, he was starting to really take off post NBA career. He was an Emmy Award winner. He was an Oscar Award winner. He championed women's basketball and women's sports women's athletes all over the world have such a, a genuine love for kobe bryant and all these people always said kobe you need a son you need to get a son to carry on the tradition and he said no my my tradition's my daughter my four daughters gianna she's a killer on the court and it, it's just it's really sad man and yeah. and you get all these these weird signs like the night Kobe passed, you know, Trey young uh, having that, that night where I think he shot like, like eight for 24 or something like that had 24 points uh, tonight. Luka Doncic had 42 points on Kobe's 42nd birthday. It's like all these weird things. It just reminds us that Kobe will always be with us and he will always have a touch 
on basketball, and he's always going to be a legend that we all remember. And yeah, Mamba forever, man. There you go, that Mamba mentality. Um, no, as well said. So uh, you know, I think uh, one thing we will just do is we'll just trans- transition on to the next thing, which is yeah. uh, we're going to touch just a little bit in the NFL, uh, if that's all right. Yeah. You cool? Absolutely. Uh, you, you need like a sip of water? You want to? No, I'm good. Uh, yeah, let me get a sip of water. A little PTSD from those those F's you might have been getting in school. Or- <laughs> <laughs> D's. D's. <laughs> All right, so uh, the NFL is having a little bit of an issue. Apparently, we have a whole slew of testing uh, that's not exactly where it's supposed to be. A lot of false positives. The Bears had nine of them today. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting how this is all trying to unfold. I will say this, and, and, man, I wish I could just go onto Twitter, see some news, and not have it be about the world as a whole. But yeah. it's the world we live in right now, apparently. And every single time I see it, oh, you, you, it must be worldwide. Like, dude, chill the hell out. Like, just wear a mask and be done with it. I like, I hate wearing a mm-hmm. mask too. I can barely breathe in the damn thing, but I do it. You know why I do it? Because they said that I should. And I call me a sheep if you want, but I care about you. I care about you. And I wear a mask so you don't get sick. So wear one so I don't get sick and we're all good. Anyway, um, yeah, so it, it's kind of going to be interesting to kind of monitor the situation. Um, and then really the bigger story today, I thought, was the fact that the Ravens are going to let go of Earl, uh, Earl Thomas. And uh, and apparently he got another fight in practice. He had one a year ago, um, got another fight today. Earl Thomas, to me, seems like that old head that thinks he knows everything and is willing to fight anybody to prove it. And it, and if and in some cultures and some team settings, that just doesn't fly. Because when you when you become too alpha of a male and you refuse to listen to anybody else, you're the first one to go, especially if you're a player. The only alpha male that exists on that team is the coach. Everybody yeah. else is secondary. And, and if you don't understand or respect that, you'll be gone. Yeah. Earl Thomas – Pro Bowl safety, you know, one of the top safeties that we've seen in the game over the last, you know, eight or so years. You know, Earl Thomas is a solid football player, but he's gotten to a point right now where he's not the top DB, like you said. He's not the alpha male. Those days of the Legion of Boom and, you know, his time in Seattle, that's all in the past. And I'm really kind of surprised that Earl Thomas didn't work out in Baltimore because I felt like it was a better fit for him than Seattle. It was really, I guess, more strict. You know, Pete Carroll is a laid back person where John Harbaugh, very disciplined coach. He's been doing this for a long time. And I don't know why things just simply didn't work out, but I will say this. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to, a title contender. Like who are some teams that could really use a player like Earl Thomas? Well, the Cowboys are probably going to be the first ones that are going to try and go after him. They didn't want to trade for him. Speculation is as soon as he gets cut, uh, which I didn't do believe has already come true um, that they were going to go after him. And there is language in, in Earl Thomas's contract um, that allowed the Ravens to get out of it. Um, and I think they still owe $10 million, but that's about yeah. it. So maybe this um, was set up. 
Because remember, when, when Earl Thomas was in Seattle, he told Jason Garrett, he went to their locker room. I specifically remember the Seattle uh, Cowboys game. He went towards their locker room, and I think he either told Jason Garrett or Jerry Jones, come get me. He was telling them, like, hey, come get me. Come trade for me. So he's always he's always had his No, that wasn't Cowboys. Earl Thomas. That wasn't Earl Thomas? That wasn't Earl Thomas. That was a wide receiver. Uh, oh, who was it? It wasn't Damn Josh it. Gordon. Okay, but it wasn't Earl Thomas. I thought it was. Anyways. No, it was uh, ODB, Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham saying that. Really? Yeah, I, and I don't know if it was against the Cowboys. I thought it was maybe even against the Cardinals, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, Earl Thomas, he flipped the bird off to, to the Seahawks because he felt like he was getting done wrong. Apparently, he feels like he was getting done wrong again in Baltimore. Sometimes it's just the man in the mirror, buddy. Sorry, I don't know. I'm just that's yeah. pure speculation, but you know, you know, if if there's a common denominator in multiple places, it's probably the common denominator, you know what I mean? So, um, oh, but, you it know, was hey. Earl Thomas. I just looked it up. I just looked oh, it there up. There you go. It was there Earl Thomas. Go. I was wrong. Yes, I stand corrected. Said but, when, I, I, when, but I know ODB did the same thing too. Yeah. When Seattle kicks me to the curb, please, the Cowboys, come get me, said Thomas. There you go. Hey, but you know, I think at the end of the day, you need to hold yourself accountable for everything that you do. You got to own your mistakes and you got to make sure that you're representing yourself in the team and corporate environment like you're supposed to, because you don't. Because you don't want to be that guy. Don't be that guy. You like that? Yeah. I love it. Hey, so uh, I'm going to start this off first there, Justin, because uh, I ran across a com comic by the name of Gary Owen, and he used to serve in the military, in the Navy specifically. And uh, he he hit, he hit had a little stand-up that really hit home for me. I remember in 2001, <clears throat> yes, 2001, when I first got into the military, and I got my first paycheck. And it was like the first time away from home that I was like, oh, man, I got some money. I got some money in my pocket. <laughs> Yo, and and I couldn't believe like man, I felt like I was rich. And uh to all those servicemen out there or those youngins that are 17, 18, 19 years old, finally getting away from home, or even those in college, uh, you know, you you finally start to work that part-time job or whatever, take a little heed a little advice and don't go to this extreme. See, now I remember my first year in the Navy, I made twenty-four thousand dollars for the year. I called my mom, I said, You ain't gotta work no more. <laughs> You're done, Ma. I got you. 24K, baby. I told you I was going to do so with my life, man. I remember my, my first check in the Navy was $512. I'll never forget it, man. You lucky to on Instagram back then. I don't know. Look now, haters. Get on my level. I got another one coming in 13 days. Can't stop, won't stop. 512 every two weeks. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Five twelve coming every two weeks. So true. Man, I tell you what. You know, <laughs> hey, and, and Justin, I'm sure you can you can kind of feel that, especially as a college student coming up through through college. You know, surviving off of God knows what Pell grants or student loans or whatever. And when you got that first check, that first check, you were like, "Yeah, I did something with my life." <laughs> first check of of my professional career, and when I started doing radio, and I got endorsement deals 
and I did have a I'm a I'm a young guy, but I did do endorsement deals for male enhancement because <laughs> sports talk sports talk radio, you, your audience is <laughs> are people who use male enhancements. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> for so, the ladies out there, Justin is young. He's just endorsing. I don't it. need him. I just endorsing <laughs> it. I just endorsing it. But anyways, oh my god, the show has gone off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) When I first got my very first endorsement check, I was like, "Mama, we made it." Just, (laughs) just like Gary Owen, just like Gary Owen, Mama. I'm gonna take you out to work no more. I got you. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. I'm gonna buy you a house. I'm gonna buy you a car. With the sixteen hundred dollar check. Five hundred twelve dollars, man. Oh my goodness, this is just too much. This is just too rich. Anyway, you gotta don't be that guy. And I think it's Mister uh, <clears throat> Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins. Speaking of hot takes, when we were talking about that earlier, Kendrick or Perkins is <laughs> Kendrick Perkins is known for. He's a hot take up. garbage can, is what yes, he is. He he is just always spewing it out, and he said something interesting on Get Up on ESPN about LeBron James and Michael Jordan. We have never seen a, a, a player that has had this type of pressure and have uh, overachieved for this long period of time. When LeBron James was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at the age of 16, being called the chosen one, that's when the pressure started. Le- uh, Michael Jordan was getting cut off his high school team. Okay. And by the way, you talking about competing for a championship this year? LeBron James is 35. Michael Jordan wasn't competing for a championship <laughs> at 35. So no argument. Because Michael Jordan was at his like house. You are gotta- not go. You not go come on here and act like Michael Jordan was at I'm his house. That's not he how it's going to happen. He's a goat. I have to LeBron leave it there. He's a goat. So, Saul, I'm looking on my notes here. When Michael Jordan was 35 years old, it was in 1998. In 1998, Michael Jordan won his sixth championship. He made it to the All-Star game. And he was named All-Star Game MVP. He was also named NBA Finals MVP. Michael Jordan, at 35 years old, was competing for an NBA championship. And Kendrick Perkins said, he wasn't competing for a championship at 35. Yes, he was. You got to get your facts straight, Kendrick Perkins. So a lot of people called him out on that. And Twitter, of course, NBA Twitter, Great investigators. I mean, shoot, if Twitter was around when Tupac was around, they would have found the guy who shot him. Oh, I'm absolutely. T- before oh, Tupac yeah. even got, got to the hospital. And Biggie. Um, and Biggie, of course. But so Twitter started doing you know, their homework they and their both, research. They were both Suge Knight, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theory or not. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways – People started saying or posting photos of Michael Jordan celebrating his sixth championship with the Chicago Bulls. And then Kendrick Perkins said, all right, you guys got me. I'm sorry. I didn't have my coffee that morning. It's like, what? Not having, not being caffeinated for your morning shouldn't have anything to do with your hot take about Michael Jordan being completely irrelevant by the time he was 35 years old. You didn't seem tired when you were spitting out that hot take saying that LeBron James is the greatest of all time. 
it's it's a garbage take. Garbage Kendrick hot Perkins, take. garbage. Garbage hot take. But you know what? Uh, we we can't leave this show on a garbage hot take. Uh, Justin, you know, you, you brought something to the table today for, um, you know, uh, tell me something good. And so, uh, we are going to talk about one Mr. Pal Gasol. Go ahead set it up, Justin. Pal Gasol is a Los Angeles Lakers legend, and he will definitely get his jersey retired, hopefully sooner rather than later. But Pal Gasol is Kobe Bryant's second greatest teammate. If you're talking about overall skill set because we all know Shaq is going to be number one but Pau Gasol has been such a great uncle to Kobe's kids even after uh you know Kobe Bryant passed away he still made sure that he was always around for their daughter for his daughters is always spending time with him and the one sh- photo that we're showing uh, shows Pau Gasol holding um, his second youngest daughter on a boat and I mean, there are many other photos that have surfaced over the last several months. Pau Gasol is that guy that you want in your life. That is a true friend right there. That and and that's more than just a friendship. That's a that's brothership right there, man. Oh, absolutely. That is that is a guy who just loves you and your family and wants to make sure that he is there for them. Pau Gasol is a great person. I always admired him as a basketball player, but to see how much he's been there for the Bryant family and for Vanessa and Kobe's daughters, it's just great, man. And you know, I love I love seeing stuff like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you know, I think one of those things that, you know, you, you get told as you grow up is surround people or be surrounded by people who you appreciate that support you and support your dreams. Uh, support your motivations, and and they're good, wholesome people, right? And I think with Kobe specifically, there were so many people that could have surrounded him, both good and bad. And for him to surround himself with somebody like a Pal Gasol, who clearly gravitated towards him and his family for whatever reason, um, and and then you see this, and you see that, you know, in the wake of his death, this man has stepped up to not fill the void, but to help ease the pain and 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 bridge that gap from not having a father <clears throat> to moving forward in life with somebody who could take on that role. And that's such a hard thing to do. That's such a hard thing because no man is ever going to fill your dad's shoes. It doesn't matter what happens. Justin, you know, you lost your dad. You know, no, no man is ever going to fill that gap. But should somebody come along who both not only you know, loves maybe your, your mother or, um, loves you guys as, as her sons. Um, but also somebody that you can respect and somebody that you could also look up to. That doesn't mean you're replacing anybody. That just means that you have found somebody else, um, that can, that can help mend that fence and help mend those, you know, those sensitive points of your heart that you've lost because the person that maybe you love the most in the world is gone. And so that's what I think of when I look at Pau Gasol. And when I see that photo, I, I, I try to put myself in that position. If I were gone, you know, who would be in that, in that role? And there's, there's a couple people in my life and you're one of them that I just Thank know you. would step into that, to that role and, and, and help out wherever they could. And that's what I appreciate. And I encourage everybody to, to try and go out and find people. If you don't have those people in your life, 
you you need to reevaluate and figure out I is are they somebody that really needs to be a part of my life? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, especially if you're going to consider them part of your inner circle. Absolutely. And Pau Gasol is about to welcome a daughter into the world. Him and his wife are expecting a child here very soon. You know, Kobe has given this man so much advice. I mean, just being a, a father. And Pau Gasol was that person who came in to the Los Angeles or- Lakers organization and was just very respectful. He just had the utmost respect for Kobe and always looked up to him and just had this this love and respect. And I just think it's so great that with Kobe being gone, he's Uncle Pal, and he will always be Uncle Pal to those daughters and be a, a male figure that you like you just said that could just step in and just be available. It's great, man. For sure, for sure. Well, folks, so that's a that's the end of another Total BS podcast. Justin, tell them where they can find us. Oh, we don't even talk about Batman. Oh, did you want to talk about Batman? Oh man, we, you know no, what? Go real ahead, real quick. No, real quick. Johnny Depp should have been the Riddler, but I am excited that they're going to have Catwoman, Riddler, and I believe Penguin. But Robert Pattinson, I always view him as the Twilight guy, so. We'll see how it plays out. Hey, that trailer. Hey, that trailer. The was trailer fire. were good. Yeah, the trailer, the trailer was, was fine. Good. And it was like a darker, grimmier Batman. Like, I don't care about you. I'm gonna end it. Like, yo, I'm 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 all about that kind of Batman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Um, all right. Yeah, hey, happy now. You could you you couldn't be more worse than George Clooney because George Clooney was a terrible Batman. Yeah, yeah. That's true. It was Christian Bale, Michael Keaton. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer wasn't much of a Batman either. No, Adam West is a better Batman than Val Kilmer. Anyways, those are my Batman rankings. Okay. Unsolicited Batman rankings only here on Total BS. Justin, find them, <laughs> tell, them, tell them where they can find us. Let's end this podcast, man. Make sure you subscribe to the Total BS podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for the Sunday Night Live show, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Go to YouTube, subscribe so you can watch it on your smart TVs, so you watch it on your tablets right before you're about to go to bed because I know we record these podcasts pretty late on a Sunday night. And we will put your ass to sleep. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And the great thing about our show is that it's it's interactive. So you can leave the comments. We'll be able to see it, whether you're watching it on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook – We'll be able to see the live comments. Make We're trying to make this show as interactive as possible. So for the Sunday night shows, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, subscribe. But for podcasts, driving to work, doing stuff around the house because we're in quarantine, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And sometimes those midweek podcasts are the best podcasts because we have special guests. And special guests sometimes, hey, let's be real. Sunday night is a kind of a hard night to get a lot of guests on, especially us on the West coast to seven o'clock is 10 o'clock on the East coast tonight. It was an eight o'clock show. Um, and, you know, so on the East coast at 11 o'clock, you know, the, the time difference is a real factor. And so um, some of the guests that we've had on couldn't make the Sunday night show, but they were available in the middle of the week, like Sarah Spain was. Um, so we went ahead and recorded it on Wednesday and we pl- posted it on that Sunday, but the podcast was available immediately starting that thursday that's where all the gems are on our podcast total bs podcast please 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 subscribe like follow retweet quote tweet whatever you got to do support the love support the show we appreciate it all justin 
It's been fun. I appreciate you. I hope the Lakers lose tomorrow, but that's all I got for this week. <laughs> Until next time, kids. Peace. Mama forever. Fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.